Welcome to 10 Bestest, where we sift through the noise so you don't have to. Each week we share our 10 favorite things of the moment. Anything goes. Hello and welcome to 10 Bestest. I'm Brian Hart. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And here we go with another show. Yes, indeed. So we should make an announcement because this kind of happened uh, Suddenly. Out of the blue. Yeah. But we're yeah. now going to go to every other week. Is that official? It's official. It's official. Every other week. So if you missed us last week or you thought you something happened, that's why. We're, yes. we're now going to be still every Monday. The show will come out on podcast apps, mm -hmm. but it'll be every other Monday. So just, just check. I don't know how that equals to odds or evens because all that changes. Yes. But just check. And if you're missing us, yeah. go back and listen to one of our other 229 shows. Yes, there's lots of good stuff. Yes. Maybe one even you haven't listened to yeah, yet. Yeah, it's possible. They're all there, so definitely yeah, check it out. Well, I'm going to go first. Excellent. And my cool sheet is a company, and this company is called Drone Seed. So this is a Seattle-based company, and their description is that climate change makes every other problem harder to tackle. Three years ago, we resolved to find a way to mitigate it. Since then, we spent time with foresters to learn about their pain points in the field. We talked to nursery managers about breakthroughs in seed enablement. And we've listened to climate scientists about the best tools to sequester carbon. I just love that word, sequester. Uh, now, so what this is, is advanced seed enablement professionals, um, and they are reseeding forests, especially ones that have, um, have gone under wildfires and repeat fires, because as you probably know, especially if you're like us and live in the Pacific Northwest, that there have been a lot of fires, forest fires happening. In fact, over 8 million acres of land in the U.S. were burned by wildfire in 2020, and that's about 2 million more than the average. So this is happening more and more often, and it's just disastrous. Um, so they have invented this way. They essentially have uh, these 8-foot drones that reseed and um, they can start it within 30 days of the fire. So um, this is typically a slow process when it when it's done by humans. It can take up to three years to replenish a large burned area. First you need to go in the nursery and you have to start these trees and it takes one to two years for them to grow and then they have to plant them by hand and these bags are heavy. The labor is grueling. You're carrying uh, like a 40 pound bag and then you, you burn the amount of calories as if you would have run two marathons per day every Every day. It's mind-blowing. Um, the drones can do about 50 acres a day, where humans, a human team, can only do about two acres per day. You also save 30 to 50 percent on cost. There's laser mapping, um, and they, they they create these vessels versus just raw seeds. So it's also better for um, actually being able to have the trees be successful. It's super promising. There's still a lot of work to be done. Check out drone seed. <laughs> This is amazing. Okay, so tell me again, I think you were just saying it at the end, yes. that instead of planting the tree, they're seeding, yeah, but so because they're seeding so much more, then the chances are greater that they will 
grow? Yeah. So there, yeah, several different factors. So you, you know, if you just dumped raw seeds out on the ground and maybe that's what happened like by helicopter before mm -hmm. and yeah, you'd get like a 30% survival rate because yeah. it's just raw seed. So that's why they would, the better thing to do would be to take humans with these little tree saplings mm -hmm. and then, but you have to shovel it, you have to bury it, yeah. you have to then pack it and then go to the next one. That's why they're burning so many calories, but that's why right. it takes so long. Where these are like, yeah, it's like a pod. So it has fertilizer, it has pest deterrent, oh. it has the seed and everything kind of in a capsule. And that capsule actually drops and it will, doesn't have to be buried, which is crazy. It's all in Closed, yeah, okay. yeah. And then so that can then grow and it has a much better survival rate. And, and so it's not a big sapling, I don't believe, but it's able to grow. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, the fact that amazing. you... It can do it in rough terrain. It picks the best mm. places with this laser mapping. Mm. So, you know, if the ground in 30 days after a wildfire, humans can't even walk on that ground. It's still like embers and burning and hard to navigate. And these drones, then they go all out in teams and they just blah, 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 and they drop, 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 drop. It looks yeah. really cool. It's really, really wild. Um, I know that drones in general um, kind of are a trigger point for some people, just the idea of what drones are. Um, and also, I know there's going to be people that are worried about labor and things like that. This makes it, uh, it's going to take away jobs and things like that. But the, the ratio of what it's doing for the good mm -hmm. of the forest and replant, re, reforesting the, the, the places that need it the most. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's worth having for oh, sure. Definitely. Uh, and team trees. So I talked about team C's. That's when um, uh -huh. Mr. Beast and Mark Rober yeah. and guys tried to clean up C. Well, before that they did team trees where they tried to plant 20 or 30 million mm. trees and they used drone seed. That was one of the main oh, things that Mark nice. used okay. to, to enable like drone yeah. um, planting. So it's mark approved too. Yeah, excellent. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, me too. Yay. My cool sheet is a poem, but it's not just a poem. It is an animated film of a poem. And the name of the poem is Singularity after Stephen Hawking, and it is by Marie Howe. We're going to step back for a moment and we're going to talk about Maria Popova. She's the creator of the blog Brain Pickings, former Cool Sheet episode 27, way back in the day, that first aired June of 2017. I can't believe that. It is now fre freshly renamed the Marginalian, which I can barely pronounce for some reason. I don't know why she changed it from Brain Pickings. But anyway, she hosts an in-person event back in the day called Universe in Verse, an annual celebration of science through pro poetry. And in the spring of 2018, this is shortly after Stephen Hawking passed away, this poet, Marie Howe, composed a poem inspired by his life's work. And she performed it at the second Universe in Verse event in Brooklyn. And this is a stunning poem about an, a, a reading of the poem. And so it was captured both video and uh, the audio. And it's, it's just lovely. And what happened was it was recorded and the people who were there loved it. But then it was reborn and it really became alive anew and this animated short film. So it is illustrated in this paper collage by an artist named Elena Skoreva Wagner and featuring original music by cellist Zoe Keating. And 
How? The, what's really interesting about this is she's what you might call a slow-moving artist. She often devotes an entire decade to a single poem. But in the case of this poem, she had only put words to paper within a month of her reading it. This is unprecedented for her. And it was Maria who said, no, this is amazing. You really need to do this. I want you to do this. And it was just great not only hearing her talk, read the poem, but also talk about it beforehand. Overall, in every way, I love this poem, Singularity After Stephen Hawking. Oh, this is so cool. So yeah. I love poetry, and I've even had a couple of cool sheet poetry, button poetry, mm -hmm. and a few other things like that. But it's still one of those things I don't do enough. I don't read enough poetry, or now I get to see it. It's the best yes. of both worlds, so I can yes. see and have it read to me. Yeah. Sounds lovely. It really is. Uh, and I can't wait. I love that some of the words are actually written in script, oh, so cool. that always helps me. I don't know. And then, and it's also this, I don't, it's kind of a mind-blowing idea, this yeah. singularity that we're all, like, from the Big Bang that we were all one, and yeah. then we... I, you know, just the whole thing. It's it's great. You just got to see it. Yeah, I can't it. wait. It was really hard for me not to. We were like, you know, scrambling to finish all the notes and mm -hmm. get everything ready for the recording. And I was like, I really want to just pause and watch this right now. But I held off. You I did. Do it, all so right. I will definitely check it out though, yes. as soon as we're done. So I can't wait. Excellent. You'll, you'll love it. And don't forget, you can check out all of those um, on our show notes on our website at 10bestest.com slash seed. So that's 10bestest.com slash seed. I'm going to be talking about a YouTube channel, and this YouTube channel is Dan Mace. So Dan Mace has 772,000 subscribers at time of recording, um, over 120 videos, so lots of stuff to also a backlog of videos you can watch. The description that he has, I love this, I make movies about things. So very vague, but I love it. Now, if you love Casey Neistat's style, who is a former Cool Sheet way back in episode 10, talk about old school, then you will definitely love Dan Mace. He has that same vibe and style. Um, and it's very similar because they actually worked together for quite a while and they're really good friends. So it makes sense. He actually was working for Casey for quite a while. And here's a really cool part. He was an award-winning um, filmmaker. So he was winning awards at some of the biggest festivals around the world, including Cannes. And he decided to quit filmmaking proper and become a YouTuber. He consciously decided, he's like, you know what? I like kind of the film making trend and style and the future of filmmaking in the YouTube world, which I love because a lot of the times filmmakers kind of poo-poo YouTube or other formats, and he did the exact opposite. So his videos include kind of the day in the life. That's a lot what Casey Neistat did. He also talks about filmmaking, gear, uh, storytelling story in general, and his favorite, my favorite uh, series of his is the Seeing Sounds series. So he does a couple different videos per month, but seeing sounds is essentially he will um, make 
uh, sounds and videos out of different items around him. So there's this coconut song and he, that was popular, but he would make them with real coconuts. So we would break them and put them together and put make them stringed instruments. And he combines these different mediums in such a fun way. His personality and fun factor is definitely a 10 out of 10. Uh, he also has a Skillshare class, which is episode 202, about seeing sounds and how you can make your own music video. It's so much fun. Definitely check out Dan Mace. I love the sound of that. Yeah. Seeing sounds. Oh, yeah, I'm so going to check cool. that out for sure. Yeah, it's just so much fun. So he does this. Another example would be there's a song, I believe, by BTS, which is uh, like K-pop, very mm -hmm. famous uh, Korean pop group. And I think they have a song called Butter. But he's like, what if I made that with butter? And oh, somehow wow. I haven't even seen that one yet. <laughs> um, that reminds me actually a lot of Ali Spagolia, which is a former cool sheet yep. of mine, who mm -hmm. she does like, oh, what if um, this Billie Eilish song was actually a country song? Uh -huh. So she kind of does things like that too. So if you like her, you like Dan Mace, I think. Um, just, yeah, fun, creative. Definitely if I'm in a creative rut, I just go to his oh, channel and instantly like yes. I have like all these ideas flowing for sure. Yes. And only a couple a month. I love that. Yeah. Super, you know, but they're, they're so high quality. That's like it probably like takes them all month. Yeah. These <laughs> days it is. Uh, yeah. But he's like beyond. I mean, it is, it's really, really cool. Stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, something to aspire to for sure. Ah, I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. You're very I'm going to love it. I yes. know it already. Yes, I know you will for <gasps> sure too. Excellent. My cool sheet is, I'm going to call it a DIY game. It is called Kahoot and it is online. So on the surface, this is an online quiz creator. My kids have both experienced it in the classroom where teachers used it for educational purposes, making group quizzes and it's up, up on the uh, projected up there and then everyone's answering questions and all that kind of stuff. But then I noticed something with one of my kids and how they started using it for their monthly meetings of the high school's National Honor Society. So here's a case where it wasn't for a class, it wasn't for direct learning, but instead it was being used for fun and for community building. And that's when I started looking closely at what Kahoot is used for and looked it up online and started reading about it and seeing, and it turns out it is not just for elementary and secondary classrooms. It is used actively in the workforce. It is used for trainings and for meetings, for community building, and also for presentations. Kahoot has made their quizzes integratable into any video conferencing platform, so it can be used either in person, which is what I've seen it used for, but it could also be used on Zoom. And they have analytics. So the presenter can also track progress and they can see where the knowledge gaps are and also the participation. You can also keep it anonymous. So you get an idea of what's going on in the group. Are most of the people getting it? Um, and you might want to do that if you didn't want to make people feel skittish about them knowing that they're getting things wrong. So along with school and work, it could also be a really fun game you could do at home. You could create one for a family reunion, or it could be a way for kids to create a quiz for their parents, which I'm sure some kids would love. I know I would have loved that. Kind of like a DIY version of Are You Smarter Than a Third Grader, that show. So um, they are super easy to create. I have created a few now. Um, they're very fun. And it's a good way to either get to know people or to learn what they know or to find out how effective you are at getting your message across to them. Kahoot! 
Kahoot! Plus, it's just a <laughs> hoot to say. <laughs> yes. Kahoot! It's a kahoot to say. And it is kahoot because there is an exclamation point. In the name. In the name. There you go. Yes. Well, I love it when people do that. Some people also have a little snobby about yeah. the use of that. But, in fact, I think we even talked about oh, using oh, yeah. exclamation, exclamation point, points. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't have two or three, at least. But it does have one. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, this is really cool because I didn't know, again, just by looking at the title, I was... I thought I figured it was just a game. So mm-hmm. the times that you've used it, were you using it for fun, or was it in the classroom situation? I've only both? done it as quizzes. As quizzes. As quizzes for classroom. For learning. classroom. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool that you could also make it a fun thing yeah. to do for reunions. Yeah. Or maybe the holidays or something. Yes. When the families get together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, really cool. It wasn't until I got on their website and was reading about you know all the things. Of course, they want everyone to use it for everything. Sure. Sure. But when I did see oh you could use it at home and family and I was like oh that no totally we could do this yeah. like my my family has actually made um like a trivial pursuit game about oh, us wow. and our family oh cool and played that before so this could this totally be thing. done so oh well, that's so great yeah well I can't wait to check this out because I have never even heard of it in any sense you know, oh so right on cool. okay excellent I love that um, I wonder, is there any way, oh, do they have that any kind of online aspect where you could play with other people? Or is... Yes, that's, I forgot to mention that. They do. So you could create one and then you could invite in anyone, oh, anyone. from the metaverse to come in and play oh, with you. So, okay, well, yeah. there you go. Even better. Yes. Excellent. Well, if you want to check that out, definitely go to our website on our show notes at tempestus.com seed and you can find out all of that info. I'm going to be talking about a website slash podcast, and this is called Constellations. Now, I only heard about the podcast, and I was super excited to talk about it. And then as I was gathering my show notes, I found the website, and it was like, even better than the podcast. I'm so excited about this. Uh, It is co-founded by Michelle Macklem and Jess Shane. And they, um, it is, uh, Constellations is a community of listeners investigating the world through sound. Constellation features a wide range of audio works which unravel the distinctions between experimental documentary, sound art, soundscapes, fiction, and music. Uh, The pieces we aired demand a deep listening experience. I'll talk more about that later. And encouraging listeners to expand their conception of narrative, sound, and attention. Uh, Constellation also prioritizes working with artists who are either BIPOC, uh, LGBTQIA+, gender diverse, women, and emerging creators under 30. So, so cool. Now, the podcast is short sound art stories. So, they're usually only in the like 5 to 10 minute range. A lot of times in the 7. The website has longer form versions of these kind of sound art or uh, documentary style of uh, works of art and then there's a mystery box now mystery box you can contribute so you just contribute various sounds and then someone puts all of those sounds from all contributions around the world and puts them into one different soundscape or story Um, there's also a newsletter there's a website Um, if you like um, it's like joe frank so it has a very much like kind of um uh, and you talked about Joe Frank in a prior cool sheet where it's like this strange version of reality and also fiction and blends of sounds and concepts. And definitely, if you like that vibe, you will love this. So, Karen, I know you will love this. Definitely check out Constellations. 
Oh my gosh, I want to contribute to it. Yes, I, I have you have a better chance than I, than I do, <laughs> which is great. I still have recordings of, I had a radio show where I yeah. created soundscapes. Oh and I have gosh, recordings perfect. of them that are just sitting there. No, you, you, you like have to. You have, have to, to do this. You will love this when I saw, I mean, the name alone, Constellations, you'll, yeah. I knew like uh, Karenson already just with the name. Right. But then the fact that it's kind of like Joe Frank mm-hmm. uh, and everything else that it is about is, I know you love, I know a lot of our listeners are going to love it because it is, the concentration part I do want to talk about though, because this is not a podcast. A lot of podcasts, I'll, you know, maybe I'm doing the dishes or cooking dinner mm-hmm. or doing something. This is a full immersive experience. Oh. You do not want to be even on a walk. And I do this all the time. I kind of multitask that stuff. No, yeah. I found the best experiences when I'm just sitting alone, sometimes in the dark even, mm-hmm. and just listening because it is a full, sometimes it's in stereo. It is a full experience that you can only get when you give it your 100% attention, but it is so worth it. I'm so so excited. Yeah. And what's really cool, like the mystery box, right? So it has all of this. On the website, it also breaks down. So every sound they used is like an individual file that you can play by itself. Oh, And you can like hear where it's at in the the finished piece or you can listen to the finished piece as it is. So I love the fact that it gives you all of the samples so you could even do your own if you wanted to. Uh, This reminds me a lot of... um, uh, what is it? Uh, Mid, uh, Mid Valley Mutations is that? Oh yeah, kind of that kind of vibe as yeah. well that Austin Rich does um, yeah. in our local area. So he'll definitely. I'm gonna send him some info. He probably already knows about it, but probably. So cool. But yeah, or maybe not, maybe. and maybe you contribute. It's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. Ah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, what am I going to listen to or watch first? First, I know there's After some good this ones. Show. I don't know. Yeah. Whew. All right. Here I go. My cool sheet, I'm going to be talking about an organization and this is called Films for Action. Their mission is to empower citizens with the knowledge and perspectives that are essential to creating a more compassionate, just, regenerative and democratic society. Films for Action was founded in 2006 by a few friends in Lawrence, Kansas after they realized how essential healthy media is to a healthy democracy. And so over the last 15 years, they have curated over 1,000 free documentaries and 4,000 short films, plus over 150 pay-per-view documentaries. These span 34 topics that are all related to changing the world. During this time, they've reached tens of millions of people. And this is pretty amazing because they've achieved this organically with people who just love sharing it. This is not part of them being any part of any rich corporation or TV network or anything else. They have 850,000 supporters on Facebook and their site, this website has 70,000 members. Their library is ad-free and 100% supported by community donations. And their pay-per-view films on site are to help support the filmmakers and 90 to 100% of the revenue for those pay-per-view films hosted by them goes to the filmmakers. Yay. On their site, you can use the explore button to filter content by type and topics such as food, sustainability, economics, solutions, or big ideas. And anyone can add videos to the library. 
Half of their best content, they say, was added by members, and I added Sal y Cielo. That was a cool sheet from episode 229 to their their website this week. So I feel really good about that. That I've already participated in there and just helped grow their library. So if you are interested in any of these kinds of films or interested in supporting them, check out Films for Action. Oh wow! I can't believe I've never heard of this. This I can't, is like totally I can't right up my alley. I know. I know. I cannot <laughs> wait. This is another thing. Like I want to stop the show right now. Yes. And just go start watching yeah. these. I mean, I love documentaries. I mm-hmm. love these sustainable projects. I, I'm going to get lost. You I'm will. Gonna, yeah. Oh, there's so so many. And I want to oh give a shout gosh. out to my student Lily, Lily Clancy. Thank you. Um, she told me about this. Oh website. my gosh! Thanks, Lily from me too yeah. because I know I'm going to freak out yeah. and watch this just watch so many of these this is so I, cool I searched through our database twice because just I was like sure I'm positive like, no Ryan's way. talked about this yeah <laughs> this did they just changed their name or what happened yeah no. yeah no I don't think unless unless they have just changed their name recently that's what I love about there's so many things you know we've done this our 230th episode and I'm still learning something that I'm actively interested in and right. searching for right so I can ah it's just wonderful mm-hmm. and I cannot wait to dive into these yes oh you'll my love gosh. it Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. You are welcome. And thank you, Lily. And if you want to check it out on your own, if you forgot, go to tenbestest.com slash seed, and that will get you all of our show notes for all the cool sheets that we talked about this week. I'm going to be talking about a gadget, and this is an electric toothbrush. So I held on getting, uh, held out on getting an electric toothbrush forever. I thought they were overrated, I thought they were kind of hyped, um, they were expensive, and also mainly because I, I really do not like the feeling of vibration in my mouth. I will do anything, I know everybody hates the dentist, but I will go out of my way with any kind of excuse to not go to the dentist because even that little vibrating thing that they do on your teeth just gives me like the tingles and the discomfort in the worst ways possible. But I was 100% wrong. Now, the pros of using an electric toothbrush, which some of these I did know, but it wasn't enough to convince me yet, is they're more effective at removing plaque. Studies suggest that after three months of use, the plaque uh, was reduced by 21% and gingivitis by 11%. Um, They're easier for people with limited mobility. They have built-in timers. This is one of my favorite features I had no idea about. Talk more about that later as well. Uh, they also, and this is a surprising one for me, improve your focus while brushing. Uh, you can just kind of like daydream while you're brushing with a standard toothbrush, and I have definitely done this and kind of just been like, oh yeah, I think I'm done now. But that timer is key. It tells you when to switch and which sections to be brushing at what times. And also, it may improve your overall oral health um, with people with orthodontic appliances like me. It's also fun for kids. It's safe on your gums. Now the cons of it, it is a little bit more pricey for sure than a standard toothbrush. And there could be more waste. Uh, That's a little bit debatable because if you're using a plastic toothbrush and just throwing the whole thing away and replacing them as much as they say you should, it might be a wash, um, but you do have to replace the tips again, probably not as often as they suggest. So that I still have to see now that I've been using them, how much more it's gonna cost and how much more waste, because that is a concern of mine. Um, but definitely check out an electric toothbrush. 
Oh, yes. Um, I want to add a couple things yes, here. Yes, please. So um, I use Sonicare. Okay. The Sonication, which is different. For, there's two different kinds of okay. electric toothbrushes, and I'm not sure if you're specifically talking about one or the other. Because um, there's one that what's just... What's a Sonicare? So that's um, using sound waves. So oh, it's vibrating okay. a really much higher frequency than the other ones that just, like, spin around Ooh, or whatever. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. Okay. So the, the Sonicare ones are really good for gums. Oh, like okay. I So I lost mine. I was traveling recently and I left it in the hotel. Oh gosh. Ugh. Anyway, Worst. so it's like 80 bucks gone, you yeah. know, whatever. But anyway, um, I can tell a difference. I need to replace it because yeah. my gums are sensitive anyway mm. and they really help. They like massage them. Yeah, it is wild. Yeah, all of it. Now, I will say that I have that phobia of the vibration. It definitely, mm -hmm. there's still, I've only been using this for just a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still it's a weird. little bit of weird is, for me. It is, yeah. For sure. I have a feeling like most things in life that will become more, I'll get used to it and yeah. it won't be so bad. But uh, but the timer is I key. love the timer. That's amazing. So yeah. it just does a little like burp, burp. And then it means, oh, you've done 30 seconds in that area, go to the next one. Uh, for sure, game changer. Mm -hmm. Because that, now I know, I'm spending enough time yeah. in each section, and your teeth feel amazing. There is no difference that it is doing way more um, efficient work yeah. than a regular toothbrush yeah. because you know that I, what I do love, like I think most people do, is that slick feeling yeah, that yeah, your yeah. teeth have when they're super, super clean and beautiful mm -hmm. and they just, they feel so great. Um, that happens all the time now, mm -hmm. like even more yeah. so. Yeah, it's really converted me. It was one of those things I didn't think I'd ever do. Yeah. And I, I actually, I've just been getting more into tooth health and how tooth health mm -hmm. relates to overall health and how important oh, yeah. that is and I don't want to be one of those people that loses all my, I want to keep my natural teeth as long as I can. So yeah. I'm like, I need yeah. to be better about oral hygiene. Uh, so yeah, and using the water pick more, using now this electric toothbrush, different kinds of toothpaste that I mm -hmm. might talk about in other areas that I've really done a deep dive on all this stuff, but this was the first one. Yeah. Oh, that's about. great. Yeah. It's, all right. It's cool. I love it. I'm, I'm backing you hundred percent. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. My cool sheet has to do with end of life, and I'm going to be talking about coral reef burials. In previous episodes, we have talked about various alternatives to traditional burials, which are typically cremation or burial in a casket, but these alternative ones are really coming up now more recently due to an increased number of people that are seeking meaningful alternative and more environmentally friendly ways to deal with their remains after their death. And that has led to a rise in people choosing to be composted, to be buried with a tree, or become part of something such as having your ashes integrated into a vinyl record in a previous cool sheet of mine. But here's another option that I've just learned about, and this is having your remains to help new reefs grow in the oceans. This service is offered by several companies, it, one is, or even um, non-for-profits. Um, this includes one called Eternal Reefs and another one called Neptune Memorial Reef, both of which of these are in Florida. And it works by using these artificial reef balls made of peach neutral concrete that human ashes are then put into. Then these reef balls are seeded in seabeds around the United States to promote new reef growth. 
And this is really cool to be close to their loved ones or to instead of where you would normally go visit someone's graveside or something, family and friends will then know and can travel to the GPS coordinates where their loved one is located in the reef. An eternal reef combines a cremation urn, ash scattering, and burial at sea into one meaningful permanent environmental tribute to life. I just think that's so awesome that they do this. And so each of these, they're 550 to 4,000 pound balls. They have space for marine plants and animals. So it's not just coral, it's also the algae and then the fish can swim around them. And so the company Eternal Reefs currently has 3,000 memorial reefs around 25 sites. They're just expanding and helping all these little sea critters and creatures live. And I just love this idea. So um, check this out. It is a way to uh, have your remains and coral reefs. Oh, wow, this is so cool. So now when I saw this notes, I was like getting depressed because I was like, oh no, we're gonna talk about reefs dying. No, some more no, things like that. No, so we're dying it's the opposite. and then we help them. Yes, so this is way cooler than yes. I thought it was gonna oh, be. Oh good, I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, now what I'm really looking forward to is hearing a friend of the show, Brian Michaels, uh, reaction to this because oh, he's yeah. a funeral director mm -hmm. and I would say that he uh, definitely has some opinions on some of these alternative uh, ways to yeah, uh, distribute remains, most of them not favorable. Uh -huh. um, I always tease him about what I have always thought I wanted to do is like the mushroom suit where it's like where mm -hmm. you get buried with all these different fungi and things yes. like that. And he is like, if you ask me to do that or you talk to me about that, we're, our friendship is over. <laughs> like, and um, it's really funny. I think he's somewhat joking, but also not because uh, just the business that he's in and things like this. Non-traditional, of course, means more work, different work, or whatever mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I do, I should probably have an actual real conversation. Most of the time we're just joking with each other about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a very traditional embalming or cremation type mm -hmm. services that he provides. Um, so I think when he gets in this, this realm, he gets a little... Yeah. Well, so I will say essentially what this is, is you get cremated and then and they you take your ashes yeah. and then they do that. So it probably, yeah, wouldn't have as much as I think like the mushroom suit, like they have to coordinate and like take care of it and he's like, don't, like seriously, don't, like don't even, <laughs> don't even talk about it in my company. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I can't wait to see what he thinks about this yeah. because I think it's awesome. <laughs> and hopefully he does too or a lot of other people. Now, there That's is really a little cool. um, negative slant to it or something to think about, yeah. and that is that there is a carbon footprint with getting cremated. Sure. So just thinking about that. Yeah, and, you know, and then the other thing about just traditional burial that a lot of people don't think about, you know, the mm -hmm. carbon emissions that you're getting released out of you with that and, you know, putting something down into the ground and, you know, if you're what kind of casket you have and is that compostable yeah, and things like yeah, that. So, yeah. yeah. All of that is really complicated, yes. and there's a lot of things that go into that. So, yeah, this is just I'm glad that they have an alternative. Uh, and you can check out the show notes. They actually fit for this one pretty well. Tempestus.com slash seed. Yeah. Because you can become a seed for a reef. All uh -huh, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be talking about a YouTube channel, another YouTube channel. We spend a lot of time, at least I do, on YouTube these days, so I 
find a lot of new ones that I like. And this is Adam Ragusa, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He has 1.8 million subscribers. And his description is, my name is Adam Ragusa. I cook in my house. I show you how to, you can too, in your house, not mine. <laughs> I like to use my head when I cook, but I have no time for being fussy or fancy. I post a recipe video every other Thursday and some other kind of video about food every Monday, usually with science. So these are all things that I like. Of course, you can see, kind of hear the tone of his personality in the description. He has this very much of an Alton Brown type vibe. So if you like Alton Brown, you would definitely like him. He's not quite as quirky because Alton Brown definitely has this really quirky side, which I love, but also sometimes I have a little bit of a like, tolerance level where I'm like, okay, that's enough Alton, and I have to take a break. Um, this guy's not quite as quirky, but he does have that really good information and blend of science and entertainment in this easy to understand format that you can also duplicate on your own. So you don't think like, ah, this is just way above me. He, he does it in a very relatable way, just like Alton Brown. That's definitely his strongest points. Uh, and so he's, he's like that in a lot of ways, but also very different as well in his own personality. So I love it. I love them both. You can, you can watch them both. He has, of course, recipes. He has cooking 101, lots of food science. So you can go onto the playlist channel. That was kind of my bonus cool sheet on one of those things. If when you find a YouTube channel that you like, go to the playlist section and you can find like lots of different sections about this. He has also a lot of uh, myth debunking food history, including this new kind of WTF series. So he'll be like WTF is, or what is, you know, Yeast ex extract, what is beer? WTF is beer. Um, he has a meatless section, so a lot of good things for vegans or vegetarians. He has this great uh, voice, he has a really good B-roll, and this information, definitely check out Adam Ragusia. I am sure I've seen him. You I, probably have, I'm almost yeah. Positive. He, he has such a, you know, a big following, that uh -huh. almost two million view uh, subscribers, which means even more. Yeah, he's had a lot of videos that yeah. kind of went viral, and he has that good mix of science, uh -huh. you know? So when you've yeah. looked through science cooking stuff, which I love, and yeah. you'll probably, you've seen it. Yeah, now that I've I mentioned so. his name, and if you uh, go to yeah. his channel, it'll be like, Oh yeah, that guy. I, like I totally know that guy. I think I've seen his WTF series. Probably. I think I've seen yeah, I think that, that I feel like it's a very catchy name. Yes. You know, so it sticks in your brain right. and that's why he right. uses it of course. Uh, I yeah. love that he does myth debunking. Yes. That's needed and that's super cool. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of really good information and that's why mm -hmm. then it's what he uses. That's why he's heavy into science, which I mm -hmm. love. It's because he's like, look, this is the science. This is, uh, yeah. you know, this is what it works. And actually, I'm going to talk to you offline about this. Um, one of the cool sheets that I suggested you do, he is done. Okay. So you can either piggyback off that one uh -huh. and... and talk about it too, or we can just point him into this direction. Yeah, yeah, right. Really cool that he talked okay. about. So we'll talk about that offline and see. Awesome, thank yeah, you. You're very welcome. Another channel to check out. I know, so many good ones. Yes. My cool sheet is science, and I'm gonna be talking about light scattering, or alternative title to this is Why is the Sky Blue? When I had an online science daily live stream going in 2020, I posed this question, why is the sky blue? And I gave some options and about half of the people answered incorrectly. And then when we had the fires, Brian mentioned fires uh, just a couple cool sheets ago, in spring 2020, we experienced this air that was not just thick with smoke, but the sky was blood red. 
Why is this? Why do we have this blue? Why did we see that red? These colors are due to the way that light comes into our atmosphere and interacts with the particles that are in the air. And there are two phenomena happening. One is called me scattering. The other one's called Rayleigh scattering that account for those two examples. These are two terms we never hear in everyday speech, even though this is something like our sky being blue. This is part of everyday life. But let's talk about the science and let me explain a little bit of what's happening. So sunlight's coming in and reaches us here on earth. And the reason for this blue sky, and it also counts for the sunrises and sunsets being red and orange, is related to the light getting scattered by tiny, tiny particles. These are the, the atoms and molecules that are in the atmosphere that are so small. And so all light normally travels in a straight line. It, get, it hits something and it gets scattered. And it is blue light that is scattered the most. I can talk about that later because I don't have time here, but um, we see blue the most. Now, when it's coming in during sunrise and sunset, the angle is different and blue light is scattered so much that all we see is what's left over, which is essentially the blue, I mean, the red and the orange. Now, with the me scattering, that's with the smoke, that's with larger particles. So now we're not talking about atoms, we're talking about chunks of things like the smoke particulate matter. And that me scattering now is interacting in a different way and it is causing now the red to get scattered. And then that is what we see in the case of like with the smoke. So why is the sky blue? There you go. Wow, okay, this is so complex. This could be like, yeah, three or four different- Yes, for sure. Well, she's hard to break all this down in, in just two minutes, but mm -hmm. you did a really good job. Thank you. Um, boy, oh boy, though. I mean, it's always funny because like, yeah, the why is the sky blue is like one of those very like kind of fundamental questions that people ask usually like almost as a joke like it is something we wonder but it's like you know you always hear kids like one of the first things why is the sky blue mm -hmm. and, and parents always kind of struggle to actually tell them the right answer and I would too and most people say it's the reflection of the ocean oh right yeah that's yeah. right um, and I can't remember did you have like multiple choice yes or was I had it? multiple choice okay so yeah since that's one of the most mm -hmm. common things uh, yeah it's just uh, it's fascinating to, to know what actually is happening Yes. And then, but it makes way more sense of why then you have sunsets and sunrises. And yeah. then, yeah, I remember when we had all those fires and mm. the whole sky was like orange and red and it was just like apocalyptic Stunning. and crazy, yes. scary, but also beautiful in an eerie yeah. way, uh, mm -hmm. but also dangerous to then be in. So, so wild. Yeah. I hope we don't see that all the time because it's not great for the... No. for anything um, but yeah so fortunately we can still see the red at the sunrise yes. sunset let's just leave it at yeah that. exactly <laughs> you know what's a trip can I tell you about Mars yes please so Mars has a different atmosphere so there's different molecules in the atmosphere oh, crazy and so it is scattering the red more and okay. so during the middle of the day you see more of an orangey and then at sunset and sunrise, you see more of the blue. Oh, that is wild. Isn't that but so wild? cool. Yeah. Well, I can't wait until we do take a trip to Mars and start <laughs> Let's go. colonizing there <laughs> and we can check out those blue sunsets. Yes, yes. Will be, that'll be the big novelty. <laughs> Minus right. a poem and all that oh crazy my gosh. stuff. Wow, Ooh. what a world. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much You're for welcome. sharing that. So cool. My pleasure. And you can check out more about all of these cool sheets on our website, show notes at 10bestest.com slash seed. That's 10bestest.com slash seed. 
And we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And don't forget to check us out on the podcast uh, every other week. Yes. On your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. All right, stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's cool sheets? Head on over to 10bestus, that's 10bestus.com, for links to all of our cool sheets. And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff. 10bestus will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.